Hello, welcome to the fifth in our series of short podcasts on learning in lockdown from the NCTM. I'm Gwen Trezida and I've been lucky enough to talk to a few different teachers over the past couple of weeks to ask about how they're finding the experience of remote teaching. We hope that their ideas and experiences will help you, the listener, to reflect on your own practice during this very challenging time. Today I'm talking to Nick Edwards, who teaches maths and is Director of Maths at a secondary school in West London. Now, I know that Nick has been quite vocal about the advantages of video lessons, where our other interviews have been, interviewees have been a bit more cautious. So I'll be drilling down into the detail of that and finding out how his school have overcome some of the difficulties. We're recording this in week nine of lockdown in the midst of a big political row about the proposed date for opening primary schools. The timing for secondary schools is currently more vague, but leadership teams around the country will no doubt be looking at what is feasible. So this podcast gives us an opportunity to look at how to provide remote learning and to think about the curriculum implications in maths for students that have missed a large chunk of normal schooling. So let's get started. Nick, do you want to start off by um, talking about what your new normal day looks like, if there is such a thing? Um, I thought that the uh, day would become very similar in terms of being very timetabled, etc. Um, but I've gone back into sort of um, habits like that I had sometimes when I was a student. Sometimes I work really not late at night and not do as much as I would do in the morning. And I think it's become very personal and everyone's been able to do things the way they they want to, um, which is a, a, possibly a positive thing because people, you know, some people feel better working in the morning, some people feel better working in the evening, um, and that that's uh, been interesting. Um, in terms of what we do, it, it's felt like even though we are doing recorded uh, lessons, without having the it's recorded lessons rather than live lessons uh, most of the time, so we're losing that kind of um, that vibe that you get from having a to and fro f with the students. Um, and I miss that a little bit, but that's been the biggest change for me is missing that that one to one conversation with students. Um, so can you talk us through the process that your department went through in terms of finding out that you were going to close and then thinking about how you were going to provide remote learning for all your students? Well, it was more than just a department decision, really. Um, it's a whole school decision. We, we um, as as we as we knew that we were closing. Um, we had to really consider what those uh, whether or not it was right to just let the students be on their own for all of this time and we felt quite strongly um that it was best to give them as much normality as we possibly could from home and we felt that them seeing their teachers faces um, and hearing their teachers voices and having exposition from their teachers was the best way to keep it as normal as possible so does each student have their own maths teacher doing those lessons or are you sharing videos with each other? No, they don't have their own maths teacher, but I feel like we're quite a community school and people know everyone in the school. So they'll recognise the face, even if it isn't their own teacher. What we've done is we've split into year group teams, uh, sub teams. So I'm very lucky to have a massive department as well. So we've got 15 teachers and with year 11 and year 13, now that we don't have the same, we, we still are doing a little bit of work with them actually, but but most of um, our work is on year seven to 10 and year 12. And so with 15 teachers, we're able to split that quite nicely. Um, and each subgroup works with a particular year group. And has, has that changed at all over the, eight weeks we've had or did it work pretty well from the beginning and you're quite happy with it 
it worked pretty well from the beginning. We've always been a department that does uh, co-planning. So we always had sub teams doing planning and we um, basically stuck with those with just a couple of little shuffles in, in there. In terms of the time commitment for you as a teacher, um, you're presumably not teaching the same number of video lessons as you would be teaching face to face. What? How does it compare? It's slightly less. So our, our Key Stage 3 students used to have four lessons a week. They now have three lessons a week. Our Key Stage 4 students had five lessons a week. They now have four lessons a week. So they have slightly less than they did, but it isn't considerably less. Um, and the way we've made our lessons, um, we've tried to make them as similar to what they had in class as possible. It's all recorded. Um, we, we do pretty much everything we do is on Google. So we record everything on um, Google Meets. Um, we then upload it to Google Classroom. We use Google Forms um, to get most of the responses from students. Um, and we've this is one thing we have started changing towards in the last week or so is trying to do the Google form with sort of at least three parts to the lesson as well. So that because what we were finding was a lot of students were just doing the end of the lesson to show that they'd done it um, and not engaging with the middle parts. So now we're making the whole Google form um, do all three parts of the lesson. But in terms of teacher time, like you talked about students getting a little bit less, but in terms of teacher time, how many lessons are you recording compared to how many you would have taught? less um by quite a long way but that's because we we we're doing one we're doing uh differentiation within the videos so it used to be that we would be set for different classes but now we have one teacher recording for um seven of the groups um, right we've for our lower retaining students we're doing a slightly different course for them at the moment which is, I guess it's something we'll have to think about later because they'll have missed some of their learning but we've been doing a sort of numeracy course for all of our lower attaining students in all year groups um, using Numeracy Ninja's website. So, Right, okay. And are you doing any video streaming or is it all pre-recorded? So we do video streaming as tutorials. So uh, once the students have completed their Google lessons, completed their Google Forms, um, the teachers that are in charge of that year group will then look at the um, results from that and then they contact students that have failed to understand particular learning points um, and they book in a tutorial time um, and that again the school the way we've written the timetable is that we have four lessons a day and then in the afternoons there is a tutorial time that that teachers can book in with students so it's targeted tutorials for students that have not understood something that week um, or the students can can ask for them as well some tutors are doing pastoral meetings with their forms anyway um, though we've not made them compulsory but lots of teachers, particularly of the lower year groups, year seven and eight, have done a lot of that. And, and when you have a tutorial, is that with a small group of students or one-to-one? -one? Um, it can be both, uh, either or. Um, right. Generally speaking, a small group is, is right. more common. Can you, can you give us a bit of a, a picture of your school, like the size, the catchment, the community, that sort of thing, so that we know what sort of students you're working with? Uh, yeah, so uh, we have about um, 1,250 students in the school. It's uh, year seven to year 13. Um, about 200 per year group, but smaller year groups in the sixth form. Um, it's in uh, Labrick Grove area in uh, West London. Um, and it's a very mixed catchment. So we have roughly, it's between uh, between 60 and 65% uh, pupil premium students, um, slightly above average um, special needs students. Um, and we have an autism unit in the school. I, I believe you're the closest school to the Grenfell Tower. 
Um, so yeah. clearly you've dealt with a crisis in, in your recent history, sadly. Yeah. Tell us um, how that's helped you to deal with this crisis, if there are any learning that you, you've kind of carried over. I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think it has given us some things that we can take from this. And there were certain things that we've definitely um, learned from that that tragedy. Um, and one of the main things I remember as, as a teacher when we came out of that, um, we had lots of psychologists coming in and speaking to us. And the biggest thing they said um, that really resonated with me was how uh, giving uh, children, but not just children, adults as well, as much normalcy as possible. Well, obviously, there's there's certain things that can't be normal, um, but it. But I think that's what we've tried to do, and I think that's why we decided that video lessons were so important to us, and that we wanted them to see teachers and to feel like they were doing lessons with a timetable as much as possible as well. How's your engagement been? Um, the engagement, generally speaking, was um, fairly fairly good from the start. Um, but has got better and better as time's gone on. We're very, again, I keep saying the word lucky. I, I guess I'm very lucky that I do work with all these amazing people, um, but our um, pastoral team are incredible. And so we decided to try and as much as possible separate the academic stuff from the pastoral stuff. So as a rule, if a, if a student doesn't do a piece of maths work, it's not the role of the maths teacher to contact that student on the whole. We've, we've been sending emails, but not doing phone calls home. We've been logging all of that on SIMS, making sure that there's a clear, if there's a clear pattern that their head of year or director of learning will um, phone home on behalf of the, the teachers. And that prevents us having 10 different phone calls going home to the same student. Um, mm. And they've done an incredible job of getting the engagement up. I think engagement is above 80%. Um, some I, I would say it's well over 80 percent actually but i guess some of those students are doing the bare minimum to get through the lesson to say yeah i've done it um but they're doing it to some extent do you know anything about the other 20 percent? to be honest the general uh feeling is that a lot of those students that are not engaging are the hardest ones to contact and we've been doing our best to contact we've been doing home visits um doing whatever we can to try and get contact with those students it's difficult um and there is a, obviously a concern because a lot of those students are our pupil premium students and we're worried that the gap is going to uh, increase. Um, but I know that we're doing everything we can to try and engage them as much as possible. And have you got staff who are also having to teach their own kids at home? Is yeah, that we, we do, yeah. Um, not so many. Um, our, our staff is very young. Um, yeah. as, as, as with lots of schools in London, I think yeah. the staff is much, much younger. Um, so we do have some, and uh, to be honest, I haven't really spoken to many of them. I've got one friend in particular who I know is doing lots. I mean, she's one of the most creative people I know, and she's been making incredible things for her kids to do at home as well. Um, but generally speaking, most of us don't have that issue, I guess. So now I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking about those kids that you were talking about that who who aren't engaging and who you're trying to get the engagement up, but now looking forward to reopening. Do you have any idea how you're going to deal with that situation then? It's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so lots, of the, um, lots of the work that we're doing, we've been very careful with the work that we're doing, that we're trying not to make it too stretching beyond what they've already done. So there's elements of revision in what they're doing and then elements of new work. 
but it means that there's slightly less to catch up than this whole term's work. If we, if we go back in September fully, um, it won't be a full term's worth of, of work that they're, they're having to catch up on. Um, I guess we have very clear data on what students have done. The, the really good thing about Google Forms and the functionality of all this is we can track exactly what students have and haven't done. Um, so quite possibly, students that haven't engaged will be put into intervention groups in September. Um, I'm literally thinking off the top of my head, but that would be the most likely outcome, I would think, that we'll look at students from year seven that didn't engage properly, and we'll put them straight into intervention groups to make sure that they've caught up on anything that they missed. Um, that would be the likely outcome, I think. So have your school started planning for reopening at all yet? Do you, do you know where you are with that? Yeah, it's very much in, the, in its infancy in terms of our planning. We, we're hoping to go back very early after half term but just with year 10 and year 12 um and when they do come back we won't you know we're thinking very carefully about social distancing and there's no way that we can get the whole year groups in at the same time so they're definitely not going to be coming in for the whole week and the likelihood is that we'll probably start with uh, things like the core subjects and they will effectively be um lessons that support what they're doing at home because i don't think we can get them in fully anyway we're really lucky to have such a large department so it will probably be just a, a few of us that are coming in to deliver things for year 10 and 12 um, on a sort of rotation um, and then a lot of uh, staff will still be at home working yeah. we did a staff survey recently um, and one of the questions was how, we, how are you finding your workload and i think somewhere in the region about 90 percent of staff said that gave a nine nine or ten out of ten for feeling comfortable with their workload and how does your experience from reopening after Grenfell um, help with thinking about reopening after this? <laughs> um, I think that is going to be really a huge benefit to us. I mean, we, we in the last four years, we've moved schools three or four times because we moved out and then we moved to some other um, schools that helped us out and then we moved into a temporary building then we moved back to our current building and now we're working from home. So we've we've not had more than a year in one place um, since I've worked at that school. Um, so I think we are just so used to it, and um, we've, we're so well versed with what you need to do when you induct people into a new school. So um, thinking about how things have been for you over the past uh, eight or nine weeks, <laughs> anything that you've done in your teaching that that you'll want to take back into into your normal classroom practice? Yes, actually. I, I mean, the biggest thing, I was trying to think about this earlier, about the the positives, you know, all the things that have come out of this that we can take and use. And and one thing, I just feel completely upskilled now in terms of my use of online systems, in um, recording videos, using Google Meet, using Loom um, to record things. Um, we now have like this huge stock of personalized videos that we mm. That we can use and we could use them to help set homework in the future we we all are now much more au fait with using google forms and um i've i recorded a, a seminar for so our year 13s we, we did we just felt like we didn't want them to be sat doing nothing for four months so we've um organized seminars for them and i did a seminar on game theory um and math equilibrium uh, last week and and about 10 of them turned up for it just optionally and it was really really nice and so we've got all these things that are recorded now and we can use in the future. 
So there's loads of things I think we can take from this. Thank you, Nick. That's it's been really, really interesting, and and I hopefully it'll be really helpful as well to to our listeners. Um, I think I think how you're managing the difficulties is is uh, is really useful to hear here. And thank you also to the listeners. We'll keep recording these podcasts to help uh, with this rapidly changing situation. So please do subscribe. And also for any teachers who are interested in sharing how they're providing learning in lockdown, please do get in touch. We're on Twitter and you can email us on info at ncetm.org.uk. And we're always looking for more people to appear on this podcast. So until next time, take care and goodbye.